You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, time to make the matchups on this Monday morning as we welcome you to a brand new episode of On to the Next One on MMAFighting.com as we take a look back on UFC Vegas 8 and a look ahead for some of the notable names who competed on Saturday night's card at the UFC Apex. I am Mike Heck, being joined as always by the Prince of Positivity himself, my matchmaking partner in crime, Mr. Alex K. Lee. How are you, sir? Like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for today's show more so than usual, uh, for some reason. But I, I will say this has quickly become my favorite, my favorite part of the week, not just because it's kind of a fun thought experiment, which you know nerds like us enjoy, but I get to spend 30, 40 quality minutes with with uh, with my best friend, my best friend in the world, <laughs> uh, Mike Heck. Mike and I have never actually met in person. I don't think. Uh, I don't think we've no. ever been to it before. MMA fighting, we've never been in the same event. But I feel comfortable saying that you're my best friend. I'll, I'll, I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing it out there. Fair you don't enough. have to respond. You don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. I, I, in fact, I'd rather you didn't. Uh, let's not make this awkward. Um, so I'm just going to – it's it's on podcast now. It is legally binding <laughs> on my end, uh, and let's just leave it there. Yo, Skype Skype handshake, AK. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, they can't even see it. Yeah, they can't even see it. But just know no. that it's happening here. But this is – what an amazing way to start the show. But let's, let's get right into the matchmaking. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about – Alexander Rakic defeating Anthony Smith in the main event. I mean, he did what he had to do, got a unanimous decision win, but it wasn't one of those game-changing performances where people are on Twitter begging for him to to fight for the title or fight the winner of Dominic Reyes and Jan Blachowicz or, or anything like that. I mean, he certainly wants it. He called for it. I would be absolutely shocked if he gets it after that performance. I mean, it was a good win, but not the win that you need to fight for the belt. Where does he go from here, AK? I'm glad he called for the for the title shot. Again, he's he don't I don't think he's going to get it, barring other fighters dropping out, other you know uh, potential contenders dropping out. But I'm glad he did it. That's what fighters should do. At least his name is you know he, he's he's at least slightly planted it in the minds of the, of the matchmakers and of Dana White, uh, even if they were probably not super in love with how he won on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I was just talking to someone on Twitter, and I said he's probably if Dana had been in Vegas, or uh, I don't know if he's not in Vegas, but had been at the press conference last night, he probably would have given him the Curtis Blaze treatment. We probably would have heard something similar. Uh, 
and I fair or not, um, it would not have been a good uh, good look for Rakic and his and his title hopes. But uh, I think. I saw a lot of people throwing this name out there. I can't disagree with it. This is someone who probably leapfrogged a lot of contenders, including uh, Rakic, with his incredible performance against Volkan Uzdemir. And uh, that is uh, one Yuri Prohatska, who is the the, the white-hot name at 205 pounds right now. I thought I thought the hype was a little crazy, but that win over Uzdemir was awesome. And again, yeah, Rakic definitely left the door open for, uh, for a guy like Yuri, who's so intriguing to, to slip in there and take his spot. Yeah, I mean, I said this on the preview show. It was going to be Yeri, whether he got a unanimous decision or he completely blasted Anthony out in a minute. I just don't see with the way that the things are scheduled right now that there was any other fight that made sense. Uh, but this seems to be the likely choice and really the only choice if he's going to move up and fight somebody ranked higher than him. I mean, is, do you have... I, I don't even know if there's like any extra names you can throw into this discussion right now unless like somebody gets hurt in one of these top top four matchups. I have an alternative and I have a question. I'll do the question first. Okay. Uh, does Rakic, do you think he needs to do, do have, and he mentioned this himself, does he need to have a five-round fight in the UFC uh, to kind of prove that he is a, uh, a world championship quality fighter? Or do you think it's better that he's like the co-main on a pay-per-view for his next fight? So there's a, that, uh, I don't want to say more exposure, but that kind of extra level of prestige that comes with being uh, the, the co-headliner pay-per-view. So what do you think? Uh, uh, co-headlining, three-round pay-per-view fight, or another another uh, fight night headliner? I think for him to get to that title shot, he's going to have to do a five-rounder at some point. Hmm. Like, it's hmm. the same thing. Like, look at uh, look at Zabit Magomed Sharapov right now. Like, most people think that this is a guy that's going to fight for the belt, and a lot of those people think he's going to become the champion someday. But some of those people are hesitant to put him in a title shot because he hasn't had that fight yet. Yeah, he's had a main event with Calvin Cater, but that was a three-rounder. He hasn't had a five-round fight yet. This was supposed to be... Zabit and Yair was supposed to be the main event for this card. Yes. And now it looks like it's going to happen sometime in October. That's not official yet, but it's looking likely at this point. So I think Rakic is kind of in the same spot that he is. But I have to say, after what Yuri did to Volkan Ozdemir, you can, have, you can make that a main event. Like, the hype behind Yuri is is so real right now, and that division just got more interesting. That's a fight night main event. Let's be honest. That's a better fight night main event than some of the fight night main events we've gotten over sure. the last couple of months. So I think you could, made, you could headline that one. I mean, if you want to make it a co-main event, sure. I think if Rakic beats Yuri, and unless he goes out there and does something super-duper impressive, he's probably going to have to win another fight anyway. So either really? way. Yeah, you think... You wow. Th- because look at it. I mean, you got you got Reyes and you got Blahovic, right? Then you get to Sheriff fighting Tiago Santos. The winner of that fight's still gonna fight for the title, anyways. After that, and then you know, let's just say like Dominic Reyes beats Jan Blahovic and Jan gets another fight and gets a first round finish. He might get another shot, or vice versa. I mean, when you have guys like sort of intertwine like that, that's kind of what happens so i think if prohatska beats but but you would agree with me that if prohatska beat rocket she probably oh, let's say he knocked him out especially he pro- that then prohatska probably wouldn't need another fight he'd probably just get hot shotted right to the you're right it, it is 100 percent. he's he's the a side right now but you man, is he that big already I, I i again i don't have my finger on the pulse of the casual fans so i do i do not know i do wonder how much that win uh, like how many people are talking about that win outside of the MMA sphere? I mean, they should be. That's the kind of uh, a finish, and and even the whole performance, all his style and everything. Hopefully, that got a lot of splash on ESPN. Uh, I'm up in Canada; we don't have that, so you know, I don't even know what ESPN <laughs> is. Um, 
but yeah, that that would have been if I'm if I'm uh, ESPN and the UFC, I was putting that performance all over Sports Center, and um, yeah, you're right, getting that name on, on in people's heads. But uh, it's funny you mentioned Teixeira and Santos, though. I will say if uh, t- if Santos beats Teixeira, I do think he would get a title shot right away. Teixeira should, I just don't know if they would. I think Teixeira, if he beats Santos, would also be a possible opponent for Rakic. Interesting. Yeah, I, mm. I think that's a no. I, I think whoever wins that fight has to be next, unless it's like some sort of crazy, controversial split decision that happens in the Reyes Blahovich fight, and they have to run that one back. I mean, look at like the, the run Glover to share has been on right now. With John Jones out of the discussion, we talked about some of the on between the links. Glover Teixeira could be the best 205 pounder in the world right now. Like he's in the discussion. I don't think he is. Like Reyes probably has to have that top spot. But Teixeira is like in that discussion. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I keep it's funny. There's that part of me that keeps forgetting. That's right. We are discussing this with no John Jones. John Jones out yes. of the picture. So it's it's not. Oh well, Teixeira. Well, do people want to see Teixeira fight John Jones again? That doesn't matter anymore. It's do people want to see Teixeira fight for a title again? And uh, certainly, it's it's possible. Yes. Now for Anthony Smith, he's lost two straight for the first time since 2013, and much like it was for Alexander Rakic. To me, this seems like an easy choice. Luke Rockhold said he's sticking around. There's some big-time animosity there. There's some there's some heat, as the kids say. S- considering where they're both at in their careers right now, this is the fight I want to see at the end of the year, at the absolute earliest, if not early to mid-2021. I'd like to see Anthony Smith say, take some time off, spend it with his family, relax a little bit, do some... Do some broadcast work. He's really good at that. And then go and fight your rival, Luke Rockhold, and see where we go from there. What say you? Yeah, as much as we enjoy watching Anthony Smith fight, um, I do think taking breaks is good for him. I mean, again, I'm sure people will point to, you know, after he beat Gustafsson, he said he was going to take a break, and he did, and he stuck to it. And then he had a rough performance against Glove Teixeira. So I'm sure that people will say, okay, well, maybe he shouldn't be taking this amount of time off. Um, But, you know, he's only 32 I would like to see. I do agree. I would. He should be the kind of guy that's only fighting once or twice a year. He has other opportunities, as you mentioned. I don't. I. I. You know. I can't speak exactly, of course, but I would assume he's not. He's not strapped financially. Uh, so yeah, as long as he can keep in his other opportunities, like in broadcasting and other things, and then he should be all right. Um, and yeah, this is. That was a very flat performance. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure he would agree. I'm sure his coaches would agree. I'm sure they'll look back on the footage and have all kinds of critiques to make about it. And the Rockhold fight just makes sense. All right? That's the, and like I said, whenever, whenever this happens, we don't know when Rockhold exactly wants to compete again. We do know he is going to fight again. Uh, it should be at 205. I know Smith kind of suggested, like, uh, he's not sure if he wants to stay at 205 anymore. But he's also said many times the cut to 185 is like impossible. So even if he is planning to drop to 185 in the future to return, and if Rockhold is, this fight should take place at 205. They can worry about proper weight classes later. Um, the only other suggestions I had... Maybe Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann, the winner of that fight. More so Johnny Walker than Ryan Spann, I feel. But really, whoever comes out of that does deserve probably a, a higher ranking opponent. And then here's a random one. Again, another former 185-er. Ed Herman. Whoa. If, I mean, I'm he's... Gonna, wow. I'm just going to let that... I'm just going to let it simmer. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Smith versus Ed... Have they never fought before, like, for another promotion? So, no, it's, no, Ed Herman's been with the UFC for, like... 20 years um wow ed herman interesting i'm just saying i'm just saying ed herman i mean that makes that makes sense i mean if ed herman beats john allen that makes sense oh, I forgot. 
Is that the fight that's definitely happening, or is that the one that's up in the air, depending on how John Allen's other fight goes? I know John has. No, this has one's like, happening. That this one's definitely happening. happening. And then John Allen has another fight scheduled after, right? If he's yes, okay. Yes, with another murderer in that division. <laughs> uh, but that one might not happen. That depends how the Ed Herman fight goes. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like I know. But I still of... want to see Herman fight Gerald Mearshart at some yes. point. But I don't. Yeah. I don't. I like that idea. That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty good. Wow, that is simmering, simmering something, something. Uh, fresh smell and that's for sure i like it i like it a lot but there's options and i would actually like to see anthony smith get a shot at the desk too like not the broadcast like like do some do some color Ooh. put him on the contender series do oh, something I, like that i was gonna say uh maybe maybe let him step in for a uh, paul felder for but paul felder is amazing uh, i think a lot of the sentiment yesterday though was that he was a little loosey-goosey last night he's definitely i think like a lot of us maybe just a little burnt out from look we all love fight night but when you do, when you're doing seven or eight fight nights, uh, in, covering seven or eight fight nights in a week, uh, uh, ten fight nights in eleven weeks, whatever ha- it have you, uh, it, it, it can it can get you exhausted. And I loved Felder's commentary last night, but he was definitely a little less professional than usual. I think there were some moments where he might have left Brandon Fitzgerald hanging, uh, and it was funny. But it was funny. Like I thought it was I thought it was a good change of pace. But it also struck me as maybe, maybe Felder needs to give, give him another week off every three weeks or something. Uh, he's great at his job, and and I don't want him to get burnt out. So yeah, I think Ashley Smith would be great in that role. Yeah, he would be awesome. I mean, he's still doing all the contender series cards. I, I think my favorite Paul Felder line of the night last night was after the first round of the Alexa Grasso fight. Brandon Fitzgerald's like, anything in the corner that that, that, that stuck out to you? He goes, nah, not really. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the one that had Twitter going like, all right, Paul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was so great. Telling it like it is. Let's talk about the co-main event because mm-hmm. we saw Neil Magny defeat Robbie Lawler via unanimous decision. Magny looked great. He actually made it look easy out there. I mean, obviously it wasn't easy, but he made it look easy. He's now 3-0 in 2020. He's moving up the ladder in this loaded 170-pound division. Magny is an interesting one because there's a lot of different ways you can go. I think the first two are pretty easy. These these next up-and-coming picks are going to be a little more difficult. We can get a little more creative with these. I think I know where you're going with this, AK, but I, I want to hear it anyways. What's next for Neil Magny? Uh, first of all, it's with it's with a heavy heart. I have to apologize to America because I'm <laughs> I'm about to say something that nobody wants to hear, but after that win last night, I think we have to move on from this. I I don't know if we need to see Neil on Neil. Whoa! Uh, not right. Not next. Not next for Neil Magny. Okay, Robbie Lawler is not really. A, I mean, I get it. He's not necessarily a top fifteen welterweight anymore. Uh. But he, you know, he has the name. He still has probably one of the name recognition wise. So I feel like you have to move Neil Magny up. Uh, so I'm putting a pause. Not, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm putting a pause on Neil on Neil for now. I don't want to do it. We all want to see Neil on Neil. That's what we all paid our hard-earned money for. Uh, but that will have to wait for now. Jeff Neil can work his way back up to that matchup. That is not off the table completely. Uh, I, I like I like the Michael Chiesa thing. I, I feel like Magny has been calling for this fight every friggin' time he wins. I, I don't know if he wants it now. Now I feel like maybe he feels he beat a bigger name than Chiesa, but Chiesa is uh, higher in the rankings. He's in the top 10. It just feels like it's time to make this one happen. Style-wise, it's good. I think when the guys are in the career, it's good. Um, yeah, I think it bumps both guys up uh, in, in, as far as esteem goes. So yeah, I, I say Magni Chiesa. I'm shocked. I'm shocked coming out I'm of so sorry. Thing. I am so sorry. Alright, so it's funny, AK, because when we talked about doing this for the very first time, we looked at how we were going to present ourselves in like these different ways. And you sort of presented it as like, here's what I want. And then I was going to come in and sort of be like the heel and be like, well, 
I like what you're doing, but here's what the UFC is actually going to do. And I'm just going to basically like put holes through every single pick. It didn't turn out to be that way. I think we turned out to be like the people's duo here. Sure. But but for this particular one, I, I'm going to base it on what I think ends up happening. And honestly, something that is fair and makes sense for both guys, I'm going to say. All right. Of course, we want to see Neil on Neil. I want to see it too. I'm with you on this. I just don't know if we're going to see it right now. I mean, d- 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 so Jeff Neal and what he went through and hearing that story, like we don't know even when this guy's going to be back to fight anyway. So Jeff dealt with a lot. There's no need to rush him back. Kiesa had surgery not long ago. Not sure when he's back. I'd like to see that fight if he is healthy and ready to come back relatively soon. Cause Neil Magny is not a guy that's going to want to sit on the sidelines here. So to me, I think a fair matchup and what I didn't really think about until probably like 15 minutes before he hit record how about we do Neil Magny versus Vicente Luque? I mean, Luque's a ranked guy. Magny said, I want a guy in the top 10. Luque just happens to be in the top 10. This fight works on many levels. I like it. I think I actually have them. I will now, hold on, I will now refer to my mysterious, <laughs> in, 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 publicly inaccessible rankings. After last night, I have Neil Magny at 15, and I actually have Luque at 16. So, so by my math... That is exactly the matchup that should happen. I can't remember why I didn't mention it. Uh, I think I just like making my life diff- more difficult for myself. But um, I have two veteran options as well. Okay. Uh, two uh, more veteran options, I should say. Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think we mentioned this on the post-fight show as a possibility, yeah. and one which I don't. I, I I know people really don't want, probably won't want to see because the first one was pretty definitive. But I kind of want to see this rematch. Uh, Damian Maya. I feel like Magni might want to get another crack at that because I do still have Maya ranked fairly highly. He's in my, he's in my, he's in my top ten. He's in there still, um, and that fight happened uh, as, actually as of this month, five years ago. I think Magni has improved enough that I could see him beating Maya. You never know with Maya; he's the ultimate stylistic nightmare, uh, and and you know I I don't think Neil would use the same strategy he used against Robbie Lawler last night, but uh, I, I'm I I wouldn't mind Neil getting a chance. To, um, Neil Magny getting a chance to run that one back and uh, and and get another win, get a really long running top ten guy on his resume. It's a it's a dangerous fight for sure, but I I think he'd agree to it. It's funny you mentioned Damian Maya because <gasps> yeah, guess what's he? Oh, because for Robbie Lawler, I'm not gonna mince words. He's just not the same guy anymore. And it's uh-huh. just, it's not me being a jerk or us being jerks. It's just the way it is. And personally for Robbie Lawler, I want to see fun matchups with other fighters in the same position. Like I mentioned Diego Sanchez on the post-fight show. He's fighting Jake Matthews. That would be cool. Anthony Pettis is a good one. But Robbie Lawler versus Damian Maya? I don't know. That makes me uh that gets me a little excited. Like the styles there. Like I like looking at that fight on paper, I have no idea what will happen there. Like literally no clue. Like will Robbie land that? get aggressive and land that shot and, and drop Maya or is Maya going to take him to the ground? And, and Lawler does is really good defending off of his back and, and on the ground, like Neil Magny tried like hell to try to get submissions and couldn't get it done last night. I think that's the kind of fight that Damien would be looking on the way out as well, as opposed to fighting a Neil Magny who would probably give him all sorts of problems right now. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the, the, like the ground game because other than the questionable Ben Askren, uh, submission, which I think we can all agree was not wh- whatever side of the fence you're on. It was not definitive, uh, whether that, that was that finished that, uh, bulldog choke actually finished, uh, Robbie Lawler when they fought, uh, he had not been officially submitted since 
2011, uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. And getting submitted by Jacare is not uh, uh, an indictment of your submission defense skills at all. So he's, uh, yes, you know, the most, his, I think he has, I'm just looking now, he has five submission losses, but that does not speak to like, that speaks more to the quality of his opponents than kind right. of if he has any deficiencies uh, on the ground game. So, man, I didn't even think of that. I love it. I love it. Uh, I would love to see him fight Damian Maya. I think that's so cool. I, I had some weak ass uh, Anthony Pettis thing lined up, which I think would be fine, but it didn't intrigue me. I did the other the matchup that did did intrigue me. I think Anthony Pettis is realistic. One that's a little more out there and contingent on uh, on the result is, and I'm going rematch. I'm going down rematch road again, Mike. Carlos Condit, if he beats uh, Court McGee on October 3rd, run it back, run it back. The first fight was a classic. Some would say the greatest fight in UFC history. And uh, I mean, I'd love to see you get five, a five round main event for sure. Uh, fight fight night main event. But if not, then, you know, even three rounds on a pay-per-view or something would be fine. But I think that needs to be a, a fight night main event. Condit, Lawler, too. Give them five more rounds. And uh, I, I think they bring out the best in each other. I don't know if I want to see five more rounds. But I wouldn't mind seeing three more rounds. Hmm. That was one of those controversial fights. Because a lot of people scored that for Condit. And I did I did as well. Yeah. At the time. That's interesting. I, I mean, I, he's got to be Court McGee first. Yeah. Carlos, that is pronounced tough. foul, but tough. That's a tough matchup because Court's a gamer. He's he's a dog. I like it. I'm down for either of those, but Lawler versus Maya kind of scratches me right mm. where I itch. I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. But moving ahead, a uh, a pretty darn good debut at 125 for Alexa Grasso picks up an impressive decision win over Gian Kim, who was a top 15 fighter. Grasso coming from a division where she was a top 15 fighter. So one would assume she'll be a top 15 fighter again in a new division. She looked really good. What should be next for Alexa Grasso and uh, in those pretty feet of hers that got a lucky IG fan oh. pretty pretty excited the other day. Anyone listening to this, stop asking for pictures of celebrities' feet. All right? I, don't, I don't care if it's male celebrities, female celebrities. Uh, uh, stop asking for pictures of people's feet. Come on, man. It's, it's weird, guys. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kink shaming anyone. By the way, I'm not kink shaming. If that's your thing, God bless you. We all have our our weird things. Okay, but stop asking people publicly, uh, celebrities for for this stuff. All right, Maybe, you know I know it's the internet. You can do whatever you want, but this is just my this is my request. I'm not. I'm not telling you how to live your life. Okay, I'm just. I'm just asking nicely. Um, uh, bring up my rankings again. By I'm doing the math. The, the algorithm. The algorithm suggests that the perfect next matchup uh, for Alex Grasso would be Montana De La Rosa. Uh, who's four and one in the UFC? She won her last fight, but there's not there, there's not a lot of cachet there. So I'm gonna go with a, a suggestion, a reader suggestion uh, from the uh, from one of the comment sections. Uh, our, our, our member Ted Bear said Macy Barber. Ooh, I kind of like it. And we're talking about two fighters with a, who had a Grasso had a ton of hype behind her. Uh, uh, before she kind of had some struggles at, at uh, some inconsistent results at strawweight. Uh, of course, we all know Macy's had a lot of ton of hype behind her as well, and also has, she lost her last fight to Montefiore, but both have a lot of potential, a lot of promise, both pretty young. Um, and I think style-wise, style, style wise, solid matchup. I like it. So Ted Bear uh, from MMA, the MMA Fighting Comments section, well done. I like Macy Barber, Alexa Grasso. Hmm, I like that one. That's a good one. Mm. Although I still like Macy Barber versus Joanne Calderwood first, sure. uh, but that's good. I I actually am in agreement with Montana De La Rosa if she beats Vivian Araujo on September. Oh no, it's next weekend. They're fighting next weekend. 
De La Rosa versus Arujo is next weekend. I say the winner of that fight takes I, on Alexa Grasso. In fairness to me forgetting that fight was happening, um, <laughs> the if you go to UFC.com, I believe the only fight that's actually listed on their schedule is the main event. I, I could be wrong. Oh, that's right. She was supposed to fight Marina Moros, and then uh, she's fighting Viana uh, Rodriguez. Uh, this is correct. Um, but uh, according to the UFC, it's not official. So <laughs> according to the UFC, nothing's official for next Saturday except one fight. So, uh, but yes, I, 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 you're right. It is contingent on that. But you're right. Uh, but Aruja also would be a good opponent for yeah. uh, for Grasso, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, she looked good. So I think any, any anybody in that, you know, eight to fifteen range, I'm I'm cool with. But those kind of stick out to me. Macy's an interesting one. Now, when it comes to Ricardo Lamas, AK, Mm -hmm. this comes with a little bit of discretion, I guess, because he said he may retire after his fight of the night win over Bill Algio. So it's kind of tough to match make for him, but who, you know, we'll we'll do it like he's sticking around here. If he is sticking around, to me, we'll just rebook the Ryan Hall fight, gives him some time with the family, gives Ryan Hall time to heal up and get to 100% or as close as you can get to that number as a fighter. Go right back to that well, and I'm sorry to say Ryan Hall's name before you, AK. What do you think? I'm glad you did, because I actually... This is going to shock people. This is a second shocker today. Not only am I am I moving on from Neil on Neil, I was not going to mention Ryan Hall. Uh, I, I agree it makes sense just to rebook it, but for some reason, I feel like they're not going to. Maybe it's because of the Lamas retirement talk they, that... Uh, it might just kind of remove him from the matchmaker's equation for now. And by the way, retirement sounds good for Ricardo Lamas. Um, he looked great. It was an it was an awesome fight. Uh, fight of the night. This would be a great way to go out. Fight of the night. Uh, uh, go out on a win, as so few fighters get to do. But he said it himself, though, and I think we've all had this experience on a smaller scale. Uh, if anyone's ever played like a video game or something, played like Call of Duty, it's always like one more round. You always say one more round, and then you win, and you're like. Well, I'm flowing right now. I gotta, I gotta play another, and then you lose, and you go like, well, I can't go on a loss, and it's this vicious cycle. And again, I'm not saying I can understand the mindset of a high-level professional fighter, but that's kind of what Lamas is saying: is it's easy to say you want to go on to win, but once you win, you're like, why should I wait? Why should I leave? I've, I, I've obviously still got it. So I would not have any, and I don't think anyone would would object if he if he chose to hang up the gloves. He's had a, he's had a really, really, really good career, uh, including a shot at a UFC title. So. No, he has nothing left to prove, in my opinion, other than wanting to make another run. And that's really the question is, it, does he still see himself as a contender if he does choose to compete? Or is he one of those guys who's like, I just want to take fun fights? If he wants to still kind of move up in the rankings, uh, I like Dan Ige. I think Dan Ige is, is a solid matchup for him. If he's just kind of like, well, match me up with whoever, let's have fun fights, then Shane Burgos, I think, is another option. That'd be a banger. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I think if he does want to still contend, it's kind of just wait for the results of some of the upcoming um, top ten matchups that are that are coming. That, but again, that's like we said, it, it's very much all dependent on where his where his head at. If he even wants to fight again before the end of the year, or if he wants to fight again at all. Yeah, it's kind of tough to match make for that one. But Bill Algio, nicely done, man. That was a great debut on short notice, and Brandon Lochnane was all sorts of fired up about it. But mm-hmm. It is what it is. Nice debut. Like I feel like if if Lamas fought Shane Burgos, it'd be like fighting the same guy, but just two notches above. Because <laughs> I mean, the, the between the length and the size and the style, it's very similar. But I'm Shane's, all for that. Shane's another fight man. of the, another fight of the night. Let's go. Yes, yes, absolutely. Maybe another fight of the year candidate. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, there were some great prelim performances on Saturday night. But one fighter who I think everyone seemed to be talking about on Saturday night was. Sean Brady remains undefeated, put Christian Aguilera to sleep with a nasty 
nasty guillotine choke. Clearly, this man has a ton of potential championship aspirations and deserves a step up in a big way. What do you think for, for the Philly native here, AK? How can you not be excited about Sean Brady? If you've seen him fight even a little bit before the UFC, and then if you've seen his three UFC performances, he really seems like he's cut from that uh, that George St. Pierre uh, Habib mold as far as how great his wrestling, how great his MMA wrestling in particular is. By the way, we talk about great wrestlers, but there's definitely a big difference. You can see someone who's a great wrestler and someone who has the MMA style of wrestling. Boy, he's got it, and also also is well rounded. Like you can see, kind of. You know, maybe he prefers to wrestle, but you can kind of see the strength and the striking. You see the, the the solid defense. You can see the the mentality, the the movement. He had great movement. Sorry, I, I know this is not a, a gush over Sean Brady uh, uh, podcast, <laughs> but it, but it could be. It could be in the future because this this kid is really really something else. Um, I liked. Uh, you know, I'm, I think again we discussed on Saturday. I'm a little bit hesitant to match him up with other other prospects, but one that I would consider is Daniel Rodriguez, who's a three and zero in the UFC this year. If only because I'm not sure how the matchmakers view. Rodriguez, I, for whatever reason, even though he has a win over like Tim Means, which is huge, I, I just don't know if they see him um, as someone that's going to be pushed as a contender. We'll see if he finishes the year 4-0. Maybe he fights someone else besides Brady. But that's a match that I can see happening. Otherwise, for those on the, you know, let's push this Brady kid up as quickly as possible, I've got I, I would like I've got to have a veteran in mind. I would like to see him maybe fight Anthony Rocco Martin. Ooh. Maybe. That's a, it's a, that's a huge test for him. But I think a reasonable one. Yes. Rocco's going through some health issues right now. So it all mm. depends on how that all heals up. I think he had MRSA and staff, and it was like Oof. just some of the like worst stuff ever. He's in the hospital for a while. So all the best to our good friend Anthony Rocco Martin. But you know, this is no secret to anyone who listened to the post fight show. There was one name that I kept coming back to when I thought of Sean Brady, and that was Elizu Zaleski. I think that's a great step up. I think mm-hmm. it's a guy who has a lot of UFC experience. It's someone fans still get excited about. And if I got to report Sean Brady versus Elizu Zaleski for UFC event on November whenever, I'm going to be really excited to type up those words. I mean, this <laughs> this gives Brady a big boost if he wins, especially if he puts a guy like Capoeira away. Man, like I think this is one that, that I should get a bonus check for, AK. I think this is my bonus. I love that fight. I think that's perfect. I'm also surprised you suggested that instead of me because once again I feel I I do not think I've shared my rankings with you but it feels like you have access to them because <laughs> in my rankings I have uh, I have Zale- I have Capoeira at 34 in the welterweight rankings and Sean Brady at 38 after last night's performance so they're right they're right they which is almost right actually I I am very concerned about the security my cybersecurity right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, Mike, I do want to go to the fans a little again. Uh, this sure. is a fan. Of, I wanted to have man. I hope I hope we have more fan interaction in the future. That that's definitely something I think should be a big part of uh, on the next one. So uh, I did throw out a poll on our on our account because Sean Brady afterwards was like, I want a big name. I want a bigger name. Give me a big name. With of course without actually naming anyone in the classic fighter style. So I said, let's help this guy out. We threw we threw not a poll but a little bit of a hey reply. Let us know. I'll just give you a quick rundown of some of the some of the names that were thrown out there uh, from Sean Denny. He says Usman, very reasonable. Um, Sam Brown, Shamayev. There was a few, I think, Shamayev suggestions. Uh, you know, if you want to see Kamzat, um, Brady versus Ponzinibbio when he comes back from question mark kick. Interesting. That's really higher up. That's that's higher up than than Rocco Martin. So I don't know about that. Uh, Morales at, at Ronaldo Zeal seven. Give him Pettis then. <laughs> Dominic Cruz's chest suggested Hannah Seifers. Guys, leave Hannah Seifers alone. <laughs> oh, God. All right. 
Uh, I see Gunnar Nelson, which I think someone someone else brought up. One, uh, was that Jose might have brought that up? Yeah, that was um, – I, I, I want to say that was a comment I got on Twitter or oh, it, it was a comment last night. I'm not sure, but sure. I, I, I like that idea too. Someone threw out uh, Henry Zahudo. Why not? I'm sure Henry would go for it. <laughs> uh, Vicente Luque is also – again, I think that's a little bit higher up than I want Brady to go right now. And uh, loser of uh, Saturday's co-main event, Magnir Lawler. I, 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 listen, if you want to see Sean Brady wrestle uh, Robbie Lawler to death, you're a, you're a, you're a poor person. All right, I'm just gonna say it. You're a poor person. Okay, and, and I know that sounds uh, rude to to, uh, to to Robbie to say like like he's not a charity case. Obviously, he's a great fighter. I don't think he'd be an easy fight for anyone. But I do think. That's how most of what would, us would expect the fight to go. I mean, we just saw him controlled by Magni. I think Brady would be able to do the same thing. I have no interest in seeing that. Uh, but thank you, HCKYJOC. Yeah, I think like top 30, top 35 is where you put Sean Brady. But some in, some interesting picks there. So Hudo, Hannah Cyphers, come on. Come on. <laughs> That's just mean. Uh, before we move on, I, I assume we're going to move on to our wild card section. Yeah. Hannah Cyphers was not my pick. I don't know if you're going to. I just think she needs a break. Frankly, I need to, she needs a break from the UFC. I think she needs a seasoning outside of it. Uh, and a new team. And by the way, if she does get a new team and ends up working with Angela Hill, for example, she owes you credit, Mike Heck. That's right. Because you, you did tweet last night uh, that uh, you think she definitely has talent. But she just maybe needs a change of scenery, maybe needs a, a fresh perspective on things. Uh, and Angela Hill is one of the fighters who chimed in and said, we would love, uh, a fan I think suggested, and Angela Hill said, we would love to have uh, Hannah Seifers come and train with us. So she owes you owes you credit if uh, this happens. Like, I, I hate making those suggestions because she does have a team that, like, works sure. very hard with her. And I don't mean to be, a, like, a prick at all when it comes to that. But sometimes you just need to get out of your comfort zone. Like, Shauna Dobson, I, I mentioned Shauna Dobson in that tweet, and someone said, well, she went to Elevation, she got murked in her first fight. It's a terrible comparison. I'm like, well, she got caught with, like, a short uppercut, and she got knocked out. Like, she got caught. It wasn't like she got absolutely annihilated for every second of that fight. She just got caught, and she got knocked out, and Shauna knows it. Like, she was pissed, not because of the loss, but she couldn't show, like, how much she's grown. But we got to see it in the Agapova fight a little bit more, so... The change of scenery has done wonders for Shauna. Like she's, she's still a similar fighter, but just having the mindset and the, the those individuals around her to push her to make her the fighter that she wants to be. Sometimes you just need that. And Hannah, I gotta be honest. If Chris Tyone was not the referee last night, she probably would have got a stoppage in that first round. Like that was so close to being stopped. And if it did get stopped, no one would have complained about it. We have seen we have seen fights stop for less. Yes, and Chris is. Chris has had an interesting couple of weeks because he did this twice the week before. Right. And then all you had to do was like blow air on the opposing, on the fighter who almost finished the fight and Tyone was jumping in to stop it. This time, Mallory stepped in, gave Hannah a chance and he stopped it at the right time. Chris Tyone, that that was an, a professional referee job last night in that fight. That was very mm-hmm. impressive. Yep. But uh, Hannah Cyphers, definitely want to see more from her. Like to see her like not fight again in 2020 and then, you know, kind of figure that out. But speaking of fighters we haven't match made for yet, it's wild card time. AK's got the Mr. Burns thing going on with the fingers. He's excited to unleash his pick. If we, if we share the same one, I'm just, I'm going to be completely shocked here, but for the wild card round, we pick a fighter that we have not match made for yet from this card could be anybody, a loser from the main card Winner from the prelims, loser from the prelims, doesn't matter. 
and we do it right now. So, AK, who is your wild card selection coming off of UFC Vegas 8? Do you want my selection first, or do you want me to throw out our last reader submission of the week? Let's How do you want to add? Let's throw out the... Oh, is what, for, what is like a wild card submission pick or someone that we didn't mention before? Oh, okay, interesting. You want that? You want the reader first? Let's go with the reader first. This is from at uh, a l l underscore uh, i s underscore a l i at all is ali on Twitter. He said uh, this guy he mentioned is coming off two losses, but what about Darren Win or Impa Kasanganang? Ooh, that's a good one. I like uh, that. That is a really good one. So thank you, Ali. I, I agree. When I saw it, uh, and then I went to, once again went to my rankings. I have Win at thirty four, and I have Kasanganai <laughs> at thirty six after uh, last night's uh, card. So mathematically, it works out. Style wise, good. Uh, I think it's a good test for Kasanganai, who showed a lot. But again, we don't. We don't. You know, it's a kind of fight. Showed a lot of potential. Want to see him fight again? How good is he? We don't know. Darren Win would be a great test. So excellent, excellent reader submission, Ali. Thank you. I agree. And Duran is in a must-win situation, and he's going to have to fight a guy like like Impa. He cannot be selective here. He has to take whatever yeah. the UFC throws at him. I think that's perfect. That's an excellent one. And quite frankly, Ali, I'm mad I didn't think of that one myself. So there you go. You, you <laughs> might have won the you might have won the wild card round yourself this week. I think we should stop here. You know, I, just, we, we made, that's it, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. We sh- I, sh- I shouldn't have given you the, 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 the offer. I should have just made, it, made sure that was last. Wow. Uh, no, I am very proud of my wild card pick because I was struggling. I was struggling with some of the names. I thought it was a little too early to do any specific matchmaking for like Pollyanna Viana or Mallory Martin, who both had good performances. But who knows? It's really there's probably 10, 15 names in front of them that they could be matched up with. Uh, Zach Cummings, who I love, great veteran. I think he needs he needs a, a, a good matchup. Uh, but I'm going to go with another veteran. I'm going to go with Alice Caceres. <laughs> Okay, now hold on. I'm excited. Oh man, this this could be interesting. I have a feeling that we did not. I by that laugh, I assume it means you also picked Caceres. Yes. Okay, I bet we did not pick the same name. Or if we did, we're this is. I'm scared. I'm, I'm actually nervous right now. I'm going with a veteran. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm fe- all right. I feel oh, better. Okay. Yeah, you didn't get. It. Okay. I think it's time for Alex Caceres to fight uh, Cub Swanson. Ooh, that's a good. That's yeah. a good pick. Cub, uh, Cub, of course, is I think still recovering from an injury, but this was this was last year. But it was a pretty scary injury he suffered at a quintet while rolling with um, with Jake Shields. So hopefully he's all right. Again, he's at the stage of his career; he should be picky with his fights. But um, Caceres is in that weird state where it feels like he should be ranked higher than he is, but he's just always been missing that signature win. And we said he's kind of become this gatekeeper. He's kind of become this guy that they want to, the UFC wants to just throw young talents against them and see, you know, sort of to evaluate them more than evaluate him, which I think is a little unfair. I think, yes, he's has a lot of UFC fights, but I still, I'm not closing the door on him as someone who could be a ranked guy. Um, so I think another veteran would be good. I'd like to see him fight Cub Swanson. I think it'd just be, again, style-wise, a really good matchup. And if he wins, that'd be four straight for Caceres. And then I think you really strongly consider him fi- really giving him a top 15 ranked opponent for that. So this is this is for you, Bruce Leroy. I like it. I, I also am going with Bruce Leroy, a man who had a crazy week, three different opponents, didn't complain, stayed on the card, got a quick submission win, got 30% of Austin Springer's purse, <laughs> So all in all, it was a good week. Plus, more important than anything, he had a, a victory and a short night at the office. So here's what I'm thinking. Alex Cazares, maybe he wants to put a stamp on the old passport, AK. Maybe he wants a quick turnaround. You know, that money doesn't make itself. Maybe he wants to take a trip to Fight Island. 
all over to Abu Dhabi, get on the charter plane, get on embedded, enjoy the nice flight, and take on a young up-and-comer who shined on the first trip to Fight Island in July, a guy that a lot of people are excited about, guy who wants a big test. Let's give him a big test in Alex Caceres. So my wild card pick in October on Fight Island at 145 pounds, Alex Caceres versus Larone Murphy. Boom. Wow. Boom. Wow. You just dropped it out. You just dropped it like that. That's it. Damn. That's a fight. Those two guys, and this is not like a, that's not like a, even a litmus test fight. Because like a lot of times when you see someone who's been in the UFC like a Caceres taking on a guy like Larone who's looked really, really good and has had a pretty tough slate of fights, you look at it as like, well, this is the litmus test against Alex. I don't think so at all. I think this is like a legit like who's the next guy that could be into that top 15 kind of a fight. This is like a legit here's where we are meritocracy-wise. Let's match these two guys up. And that's a banger. Like those two guys, that's an exciting fight. It's a it's a, it's a shame that uh Lerone Murphy, I mean he's been the B-side in both of his UFC fights so far, has not gotten a little more publicity because he fought Zubaira Tukagov to a split draw. Right. Like Tukagov is legit. Uh, and I get it, you know, draws aren't always the sexiest thing for fans, so they might have just disregarded that result. But I mean, I don't. For me, that 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 gets you up there in the rankings if you fight a guy like that to a draw. And then uh, first round finish of uh, Ricardo Hamos. So it, it's crazy. He's actually in my ranking. He's actually higher ranked than Caceres, which sounds crazy because he's two fights in, uh, and Caceres is twenty. It was twenty three fights in after Saturday. But I just based on the guys they've beaten, I can I, I have I have uh, Murphy higher. So it makes a lot of sense. You're right for both guys. Caceres is certainly the more well-known name. So there's the benefit for Murphy. And then if you're, again, if you're Caceres, it moves you up just a little bit more in the rankings. Uh, not as much as against a, like a veteran name I mentioned, but certainly he takes some of that thunder that Laron Murphy has has. And uh, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I'm good. I think Caceres. I'm just I'm just happy for him that he's got the three straight wins. Uh, the uh, you know a long winning streak after you know he had one in 20, 2012, 2014 kind of erased because of this uh, no was stupid no contest in there because of for marijuana, um, but now he's got three straight wins. Still very young. He's only thirty two years old. And uh, man, I really think he's trending in the right direction. Don't don't write off Bruce Lee right just yet, people. No, you you shouldn't. He's on a nice little streak right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am a man of my word. Let me uh let me just pull these up. I I suggested last week. How about you uh. You know, leave a review, leave some kind words about the program, and we'll read it on the show. Uh, we got one. Redwood Rebel 707 said, nice insight and good content. Really digging Mike Heck these days. And AK, AKA the Prince of Positivity, brings a much needed breath of niceness in the MMA world. Keep it up, fellas. That's all I want to do. How about That's that? That's all I want to do. The best friends. Great. The best friends making the <laughs> best, friends, world. best friends ever. This is this is my favorite part of the week. I'm not I'm this is my favorite part of the MMA week. Yeah, I enjoy it as well. And then mm. like the next thing I have to do is between the links where all hell is gonna break loose. It's this the exact is, opposite. This is like tea time. And then over that's, there is like That's my least favorite part of the MMA week. Whenever <laughs> I when I have to be on not listen listening to it is great. Listening to it, fantastic show. When I'm actually on it, my least favorite part of the MMA my least favorite part of the MMA month when I'm on that show. I'm just gonna put, <laughs> yeah. But Listen, we appreciate the kind words. You do the same. We'll shout you out on the show. Um, I love all the picks that we've made so far. Uh, and we want to hear your matchmaking suggestions as well. 
So hit us up on Twitter. AK is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore JR. We'll be back at it again next week as we look ahead for some of the big winners of this coming Saturday night, headlined by Alistair Overeem and Augusto Sakai. That's such a fascinating fight in the heavyweight division. I'm really and again, apparently the, only, apparently the only fight on the card. Again, if you go to <laughs> yeah. that's a that's going to be a one-fight card. It's just going to be sensational. I mean, it works for me. I mean, that you see on Fox one over here. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love that idea. But uh, <laughs> as we put a bow on, a, on another edition of the show for AKI, Mike Hack, thank you for listening. Listen, don't take it too seriously. We're just trying to have some fun, make some fights and make some dreams come true for fight fans around the world. Most more specifically ourselves, because we want to want to get some of these right. I can't wait for these fights to be booked so we can brag about them. We just haven't gotten there yet. Year in review. Wait, wait, wait. To the end of the year. We'll, they'll see. The Roto is coming full circle, but we'll see mm-hmm. you next time right here. On on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.